Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Uh, It is a a bright and breezy Thursday morning and, uh, uh, as usual... Plenty to talk about. Well, joining me for all the chat this morning is Bobby Freeman, who's a barrister and political commentator. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Front page of most of the papers today is a variety of the stories uh, regarding uh, teachers. Uh, the Guardian teachers get sweeping powers to decide exam results in England. The Times schools told to work out their own exam grades. The Daily Telegraph summer exams to be voluntary. Basically, we're back in the same territories were last summer after Gavin Williamson, the Education Secretary, who we spoke to on the show yesterday, uh, decided uh, that he would basically, well, first of all, he would go with an algorithm that would um, a compute curve a little computer program that would. Uh, uh, set out grades for pupils based on teachers' assessments, but allowing for the normal spread of grades, the highest to the lowest uh, in, in most of those schools and in those areas and those age groups. But um, after an outcry, because not everyone's child managed to get the top grades they were predicted, um, after that outcry, basically the government gave in and just said, look, basically let everyone have the highest grades that their teachers predicted for them, and then everyone went away happy. Well, this year we're told, yep, it's been confirmed, teachers are going to basically decide the grades for their pupils at GCSE and A-level. Um, there will be tests which will be available, but they'll be voluntary and they don't have to be carried out even in school or even under exam conditions. They can be done at home. And basically it's going to be up to the teachers. Um, Bobby, is this a recipe for disaster as every single child is granted either an A-star or a nine grade? I think it's an absolute recipe for disaster because you have to remember there are only a certain number of university places. So and at a certain point, something is going to have to give. So, yes, your child might get that grade that they think they, they deserve, but it doesn't mean they're going to get into university. I mean, for, G- for GCSEs, it's one thing because, uh, you know, people people need those those grades and they need to go on and get their apprenticeships and so on, need to get, get through into to A-levels. Um, you know, there'll be one bo- bottleneck there. There'll be another bottleneck when people try and uh, use their A-level grades for, for something else. And I think we're going to see over the next few years this sort of problem in the pipeline where universities have been oversubscribed, they've had to take yeah. on many people's last year, 
so I think, unfortunately, this, this is one of those, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any silver bullet. I don't know what the easy answer would be to this, because equally, what we saw with the al- algorithm last year did lead to astonishing injustice in many cases. Yeah. So there is no easy answer. To this. No, it's but this is it. Well. There isn't an easy answer. And that's why, you know, people in government have to make difficult decisions and they have to sometimes upset people. When they upset uh, the sharp-elbowed middle classes who get jolly cross when the, their, their little Johnny or little Janie don't, don't get the grades that they want them to get, then they get very upset. And they, you, you know that's the sort of thing that people uh, you know, go to their, their MPs about. And, and, and then they, you are directly blamed. The reality is we know we know this, that, that there's a strong pressure on teachers to predict higher grades for their children. I think pretty sure what happened last year was they had to do predictions. And um, I think there was a big fear that people might be graded down. Well, I mean, I think teachers basically, you know, I'll, I'll give them the highest possible grade they could get. But we we would know. We would know by the fact of the grade inflation that we did see last year. Uh, and it was well proven in terms of the number of kids who ended up getting the top grades and even just the grades above C, that there was grade inflation. We know that some of those children don't perform on the day in exams. And actually performing on the day under pressure is a very big part of, of a lot of jobs. And therefore very relevant. But the trouble with this is it's unfair if a bright child um, gets given lower grades when they haven't had a chance to prove themselves in exams. That is definitely unfair. But there is also a level of unfairness, although I I would admit not as unfair, not as as damaging, for the kids who have worked really hard all these years, who are really bright, who really deserve those top grades, to suddenly have another extra big bunch of thousands of kids with those grades, who they are then competing against against unfairly um there is always unfairness i mean i suppose there's unfairness if teachers set it or if there's exams people do differently perform differently in different situations but there's no there's no perfect solution to this if kids can't have the same level of teaching and and take the same exams in the same conditions um but i i do wonder that the the very least there should be predictions from teachers and then it be set to what the grades would have been at least a year ago. I mean, with the grade inflation we saw last year, it's going to be stratospheric this year, isn't it? I, I think it will be huge. I mean, the, the real problem, what, what they need to try and address is that under the algorithm, the problem is that if you were, particularly if you were in a poor area, yeah. so there was always someone at the school who would get a couple of E's in, in a U, then then you you would kind of be damned to those grades, what, whatever you did. And I spoke to a teacher friend of mine. She said, well, look, there's, uh, there's a girl in my class who is the worst person in the class. And someone always gets a U. So it doesn't matter what she does between now and the end of the school year. She'll end up with a U. So yeah, you, have, you have people who, who just cannot do anything. They can't turn it around through no fault of their own. They can't perform well on the day. They can't prove people wrong. And so those are the people... Who, who lose out because obviously there are lots of kids who are going to benefit who would in fact have screwed up their exams but it's quite hard to predict who the ones who are going to do a lot worse than you think it's, it's the ones who would do better yeah. that they lose any opportunity it's often is the poorer one yeah. so that's why i think that is a worse injustice actually than it is for you know if you're a clever kid and yeah. you know what you can't show off as much yeah oh exactly oh completely agree I mean exactly and we know it's the working like interestingly actually it is um it's actually ethnic minority children particularly black children particularly black boys who tend to get actually higher grades in their exams than they've been predicted they are more likely uh, to get higher grades and therefore actually their teacher predictions may actually be lower than that the, what they would achieve from an external examination which, which is interesting as well as so that's sort of the poverty of low expectation there um let's 
also talk about um, the vaccinations. Uh, the JCVI, the Joint Committee on Vaccinations and Immunisation, they've been giving advice to the government. Originally, that, that they draw up that list of nine that are, I got into group nine as over 50, people who are most at risk of COVID. Uh, that counts for, by the way, 99% of all deaths. But that also includes a lot of people with disabilities and people with uh, not just physical disabilities, but um, uh, obviously lots of other underlying health complaints. Well, on Sunday, they were giving evidence to the government on what they think the next group should be. And it's been decided that they shouldn't prioritise key workers, whether it's police officers on the front line or teachers, as many have been demanding, as being at no extra risk and shouldn't prioritise ethnic minorities either. And again, it's far more likely to be the case, as the evidence suggests, that actually it's... Um, underlying health issues, living conditions uh, and, and the style of job that people have rather than the colour of anyone's skin that's, that's affecting their uh, higher rate of COVID. But they do recommend the prioritisation of 50,000 people with learning disabilities rather than necessarily uh, health, uh, uh, physical disability, uh, but also um, prisoners as well. Now, I think everyone will agree with the 50,000 people with learning disabilities having priority after the BBC DJ, uh, Joe Wiley, uh, had the awful situation of her her younger sister who, who's who got serious learning disabilities not getting the jab before her. So she got prioritised for the jab herself. She just came up, you know, a GP said, oh, yes, no, please come in for your jab. And her sister hadn't got it, even though her sister then, sadly, in her in her care home, did actually uh, um, get COVID. Thankfully, thankfully has made it through. It was such a relief, I think, to everyone. But um, I think... The learning disability thing, I mean, frankly, I'm amazed that they weren't already on the priority list. We know a much higher risk of people dying. The prisoners getting priority, I think there'll be a predictable tabloid backlash against that. But there's a very good reason for prisoners to get priority on the jab, isn't there? Yeah, I, th I think there is. I mean, obviously, you know, the instinctive reaction is to think, well, why do they get it? But it's for a couple of reasons, because... One is that when when you go in to vaccinate, you end up wasting doses if you try and do it only by age in prison. But secondly, there is an environment where COVID can just rip through prisons. We, we've seen huge numbers of outbreaks in, in prisons. And ultimately, we have to accept that whether you like the person getting the jab or not, it is better for everybody yeah. uh, if there are more people vaccinated and if we don't have large outbreaks. Because obviously, there are still uh, prison guards going in. There, well, are, there are visitors going in. So exactly. if there's an outbreak in a prison that gets out so uncomfortable as it might might seem i do i would actually support that and i have to say it is worth noting i think prisons have been dealt with really well during this crisis we have barely heard about them which well, i think is a oh, pretty, but that's, good, pretty good thing to, that's to, true. to say I, about something. i absolutely agree with you and again we, we don't have a death sentence in this country and uh, people behind bars they're not they're not destined you know, to die as a result of uh, of, of getting covid and we know healthcare in prisons can often be quite questionable as well um prison officers there's absolute priority to protect prison officers as frontline workers uh, so it seems to be very obvious, even on that basis alone, uh, that, that, that we should be uh, prioritising uh, the prisoners. Again, we are not talking about huge numbers of people uh, the, as well. We're talking about 80 odd thousand people. But also we know an awful lot of people in prison actually have got, you know, they, they're in very ill health already. But but the crucial the crucial thing here, surely, is that uh, we, we haven't seen the huge outbreaks in prisons that were predicted, but that's because they basically locked prisoners in their cells for 23 hours a day. We've got no rehabilitation work, no education, no, no, uh, no, no physical exercise other than once a day this i mean I, the disaster of this long term is going to be huge but look, while we've been you know locked in our homes and complaining about lockdown outside these people have literally been locked into tiny cells um and i think uh, you know that that actually to enable to enable people to have something more of a productive life behind bars i think should be a priority because we will all pay the cost including those prisoners if we don't see that soon 
Well, I, I absolutely agree. And as you say, it's about it's about the cost for wider society. You want people to be able to rehabilitate themselves. It's not it's not about being soft on crime. What it's about is that, is that once someone is in prison, you are, you can either lose them to a, a, a chain of criminal, criminality thereafter that they get they get involved in drugs, uh, they get they they come out and they carry on reoffending. Or you can turn people's lives around. That is one of the, the points of prison. Obviously, there are a small number of prisoners you can't do that for. Uh, but for everyone else, we should be trying. And you're absolutely right. that Locking people up for 23 hours a day just makes it impossible to undertake that rehabilitation. Absolutely. So, so yes, it is important that we, we allow them out to do that. Absolutely. More from Bobby Friedman throughout the show. Uh, up next, we are going to talk to Schools Minister Nick Gibb uh, about those uh, end-of-year's exams being voluntary, teachers getting to settle those grades. Later on, we're going to be uh, talking uh, more about the BBC's Woke Manifesto. Yes, they're going to have a quota for working-class employees. You genuinely couldn't make this stuff up. But it's about the BBC, so yeah, you really can. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.